never seen ninjas hurdles I can't believe he's never seen ninjas hurdles I really hope he liked ninjas hurdles If he didn't, that's cool, this looks awesome What is it about the turtles, Joe, <laughs> that makes them so cool and timeless? Why does the Foot Clan hideout look just so super rad and immersive? And how much radiation are these chemically mutated turtles putting out? Is April in danger? I, that's what I, I want to know. I have an entire note that's basically like, hell yeah, like cool kids skateboard hangout with smoking and stuff and poker. Oh, yeah. That's like the worst thing that can happen. First, can we talk about, did you just interrupt our beginning broadcast with your own broadcast? I did. Yeah. It's typical, anarchy. Typical 90s anarchy fashion. Let's look at all of those questions I posed and more on today's <laughs> episode of the Uncultured Cinematic Universe. We are the podcast where two friends show each other movies, shows, and anything else that they absolutely need to see, hear, or experience. Today, we're looking at the often imitated but never to be outdone cult classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. I am your host, Justin, and with me, as always, is the uncultured Joe. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. It is a new damn year. We're bringing a new energy to this. Um, to we... clarify, it's still 2023. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we've been doing this uh, for a year. We celebrate our new year in September here at the UCU. Get behind it. Um, and so we have completed one year of podcasting and are celebrating by watching uh, radioactive reptiles. Or are they amphibians? What are turtles? I think turtles are amphibians. Do they do? Is uh, it like a turtle tortoise thing? They do like water. Yeah, they st they can start in water. Yes, tadpoles. Yeah, they start in water and then they go mm -hmm. to land. That is uh, how an amphibian is defined. I learned that from Sesame Street a couple of weeks ago. Thank you, Sesame Street. Shout out, Jim Henson. Um, oh, nice puppetry yes. again. Coming back, always, always comes back. And we'll we'll talk about Mr. Henson here in a second. But yeah, mm. so uh, as Joe mentioned, yes, this is marking the first year anniversary of starting the podcast. Uh, and we kind of wanted to shake things up a little bit and do something a little different. Um, you know, if, if you follow us along, all 12 of you, you know, every <laughs> month we do sort of something like a little bit uh, of a theme, either whether it's related to the time of year or the month specifically. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, on the last episode, we got towards the end and we we're like, what the fuck are we going to do for September? Uh, <laughs> labor day movies right um so we decided to kind of throw out the idea of like a wild card uh month theme session which is something we're going to come back to over and over again um but this is the first foray into wild cards they're not these two movies that uh that me and joe are presenting to each other are aren't really in any way connected i don't think yeah uh, they're they might be but uh well, it's just it's just movies we wanted to talk about and yeah, uh, it'll I think be, that's, just, that's the crux of the, the podcast. It'll be fun to talk about the w different ways that they may or may not be connected. But yeah, like like Justin's saying, we'll probably end up just alternating in miniseries episodes with wildcard episodes just so we can get in the movies that we want to talk about. So, for example, we'll do kind of a wildcard month in September. And then in October, obviously, it's going to be back to horror tastic, spooky, yeah. spooky season um bit of a wild card again in november and then christmas season comes in december so and then we'll, we'll see what happens in january you know 
we'll just row with it and we'll kind of keep giving you the hits. Yes, we will um, row, row, row our boats right right alongside. <laughs> starting with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> this radtastic movie from 1990 that I can't make heads or tail of. So, <gasps> Justin. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's not going to be bad. I swear. I, I, I've, your... been, I've been such a downer on your movies lately, and I'm really ready to like dig in on this one because uh, there's let's... so much to talk about. There is absolutely so much to do it. So, yeah, let's let's start talking about some of your first impressions. Uh, first what was impressions. Your, what was your background with this familiarity with the property? You know, yes, I had. I am so aware that there's so much Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff out yeah. there. I knew who they were. I knew about Rat. I knew about Shredder person. Um, and I knew about Pizza. Um, mm -hmm. Of the turtles themselves, I knew that there is the leader, the angry one, the young one, and the smart one. Right. That's kind of the archetypes that they evolve into. Pretty much. Not necessarily in this movie. You can tell this is this is definitely them starting out. Um, but I had never actually seen or like really like experienced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle culture. Uh, I just knew like it, it lives up to its name. It's 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 insane, zany, uh, rad uh, crime fighting kids in the 90s. Uh, yeah. And they're they're doing cowabunga on a skateboard. Yeah, it's um, awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> my 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 primary thought watching this, I mean, I was. I was aghast at so much of it, but I came out of it just thinking like, hell yeah, that, 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 that this insane concept can spawn such an, such a wide ranging franchise. Yeah. Um, what, a, what an age, uh, that we live in. Yeah. Like have something called teenage mutant Ninja turtles that literally makes millions and millions of dollars at the box office and yeah. has multiple movies associated with it. And I'm assuming TV shows. How did this start? Yeah, TV shows, movies, comic books, video games, uh, you know, you name it. All all kinds of all matter of uh what what was the term you mentioned a couple couple episodes ago? Not omnichannel, but it's like it's multi-channel. Oh, transmedia. Yeah, right? It's yeah. it's everywhere. And yeah. um so this this movie in particular from 1990 is uh really early really, really early in the uh, overall journey of it becoming this behemoth, um, you know, staple in culture, in modern culture. So yeah, um, this movie is based on uh, a comic book series uh, written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, their names pop up, you know, in the opening credits and in the end. Um, yeah, so this was, uh, the comic book was started as a parody of superhero comics at the time in the eighties in 1987. Um, and you can kind of pick apart each word and you can kind of uh, uh, identify where it was. So like teen Titans, the DC property, mm -hmm. you know, that's where they got teenager from uh, the uncanny X-Men. They are mutants. So like mutant uh, <laughs> ninja uh, ninjas were featured uh, very prominently in the daredevil comic series with the, Oh yeah. The, the hand and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's where they got the idea. And then they're just like, we need to attach it to some kind of, creature that just fits at the end it's just like just fucking turtles dude um, hang on hang on is that why the evil group is called the foot, the foot? yes 100%. i was laughing so hard i was like why are they called the foot the foot clan <laughs> yeah it's based on the hand uh uh you know crime 
karate kung fu syndicate uh, in Hell's Kitchen in the Daredevil comics. And that's exactly that's where fantastic. Yeah, when I pull up this movie on Wikipedia to kind of like get my notes together, it does describe it as a superhero movie, which I, I, I never really considered that before, but I guess it is. Like they, they are superheroes. They have superpowers. Yeah, they're unassuming, they're, like just regular they, ass turtles. They can kick. And they can fucking stand upright <laughs> and kick <laughs> and consume human food. And that's a superpower yeah. in and of itself. And they can talk. Um, mm -hmm. oh, uh, uh, edit here. 1984 was when the comic book came out. Uh, originally in black and white, mm -hmm. uh, due to the budgets uh, that that Eastman and Laird had. Um, but if you look back at some of those old comics, uh, it just adds such a neat aesthetic. Um, they all kind of, you know, the the turtles look the same. It's not the iconic, you know, split into the four uh, specific colors. Mm -hmm. um but they all kind oh, of they look, all they all look exactly the same they're black and white but there's there's subtle differences um uh, obviously you know with their weapons that they have um yeah the weapons yeah. the weapons and the colors are the clear indicators here but like there's stuff where like Raphael's a little taller michelangelo's a little shorter donatello's like kind of the skinny one yeah and then uh Who's who's the other one? Leonardo is Leonardo. He, just he's the average of all of them. He's he's the he's the leader. He's the he's got everything. Yeah, it's a it's a neat, um, you know, a, a look at, you know, archetypes and character traits and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you like you mentioned at the top, there is the definite like leader trope. There's the hothead trope. There's mm -hmm. like the tech smart mechanical one. And then just like the loosey goosey uh, played for comedy kind of a thing. Um you know, fourth, fourth archetype, uh, which is really neat. And I think that's something that they've definitely developed. Uh, like I haven't even seen the, the movies since this movie, but I know that that absolutely becomes a thing, especially we are, we're in September of 2023. So mutant mayhem is still in theaters. Somewhere? I think it is. Yeah. Did the, it just uh, leave? I think it's still in theaters, the Seth Rogen and uh, I can't remember who else co-produced mm -hmm. with him but yeah the the latest iteration in the pantheon of teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah Super it's cool. it's i haven't seen it yet it's gotten fantastic reviews it's like animated in the same style as like uh, across the spider-verse yeah and, yeah right right and uh, one thing that i know that that they did that was really cool that i thought was awesome that is that they got actual teenagers to do the voice acting of yeah. these teenage mutant ninja turtles it's not adults well, clearly in their 30s you know, trying to sound young or try to sound hip. It's like, no, these are actual kids doing it, which adults, is so cool. Adults and my jaw was on the floor. Corey Feldman uh, is a voice of Donatello. This yeah. movie, Donatello, like, it's amazing. Not even credited. Uh, I was so confused at the end because I was looking it up as I was watching. I was like, who are all the voice people on, uh, on this? I gasped. Call back to our um, fucking Gremlins episode. Yep. Um, and Corey Feldman they, just kind of just always pops up. They they don't credit him. They credit the the body actors uh, yeah. in the credits at the end. So it's interesting. Yeah. We'll, um, yeah. Let's get in. We'll get into that. Um, yeah. So let me uh, before we get into like the overview and all the stats and things like that. Give me more mm -hmm. uh, further first impressions, you know, from the opening scene. You know, you're like, all right, I'm sitting down. I'm letting this movie wash over me. What what's going through your brain as this movie starts? It it. It feels very much like a classic Justin movie. I mean, uh, call that the premise of our podcast, if you will. Um, it's it's got the the same level of like puppetry and sets. It kind of it 
it called back a lot to Little Shop of Horrors to me. Remember when we oh, talked yeah. about how like even these grimy sets of New York look they're they're kind of ones that you want to explore and kind of yeah. play around in. Yeah. Like I want to like take a tour through these. I'm assuming they're sets. I'm assuming they didn't like empty out New York City um, <laughs> to film this. Um, you never know. You can never tell. But yeah, like the 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 sewers, the mm-hmm. um uh yeah, all the set pieces, the rooftop the uh the thrift shop that april lives on top of is so like lived in and homey mm-hmm. uh, the farmhouse like i love the farmhouse sequence it's so cool like all these sets are so interesting and so really really um like well developed uh-huh. uh, like you said like you really just want to go there and see them yeah the sets are cool i i thought my my main note coming out of it was like what well, was like it was interesting to look at the character arcs in this movie because it's it's almost not about the turtles. I mean, obviously, like they are uh, the main focus of the movie, but in terms of like whose story we're following, it's kind of about April in a way. Yeah, uh, she's and then she just yeah, she's the one who has like a a beginning, middle, and end almost. Like the turtles are essentially the same um uh, at the beginning of the movie compared to the end and that's maybe where i wanted like a little bit more um uh movement a little bit more growth happening like i wanted there to be some conflict with like can they come out of the sewers and be with the normal people are they going to be accepted and stuff like that but that's not really what the movie was trying to do uh it's just trying to be kick butt against the foot that's that's um, how you do it, and uh, you know, introducing this wild, you know, super antagonist with the <laughs> shooter, um, with in- insane spiked uh, details and like and just fucking fashion, like that is drag, hmm. baby, right there. Um, I I I need to know your thoughts on like what is what Shredder's whole deal? Like, why does he have? groups of children stealing like microwaves across the city what's what's the what's the story there what do you we think his ultimate plan is here put a pin in that we'll come back (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about the whole like i had a lot of what is the economic structure of the foot clan and we'll get back to that what's his five-year plan here (laughs) can you mr shredder can you tell me what your five-year plan is um (laughs) all right so let's let's look through some things here uh so this movie was released march 30th 1990 directed by steve Barron. Known for his music videos, he did such classics, Joe, as Billy Jean, Summer okay. of 69. Mind you, there's no apostrophe in 69. Um, Money for Nothing uh, by uh, Dire Straits. Take on Me by Aha. Like, oh, amazing. wow. Like, the drawing one? Yeah, he's got like a great uh, portfolio of, of music videos. And he's done uh, several uh, feature-length films, notably this one. And he did Coneheads in 1993, I think. Uh, Do you know the thing? SNL skit. Do you know the thing in like the 80s, 90s, and 2000s where like there'd be a music video attached to a hit single from a movie and like the actors would come back and star in the music video somewhat? Mm -hmm. So you got like Cyndi Lauper and the Goonies. Yeah. Uh, I could so easily see that happening here. Like the the big rap song that plays over the credits. Ooh. Is there a music video to that that the turtles just like show up in and are are in the background of? No, because this okay. So at this point, this movie is you know this was an independent release. It was not didn't have a whole lot of confidence in it, so they weren't going to do the big marketing merch push into that yet. In the second one, uh-huh. uh, which we'll we'll probably come back to. 
there is a very famous rapper at the time who shows up in the film, and I think there is a music video attached to it uh, at some. Who point, is probably. it? I'm not going to tell you because it. What if we come back to it? Oh, later. You mean like we're going to come? We should just have like a turtles mini series. We should have a turtles. Um, there's so many like different little uh, things to check in on. Yeah, I have so much notes, so many notes on this because like, uh, I am so like this is my earliest memory of um like one of my er like favorite things ever like that i became yeah. obsessed with right? this is such and a justin thing it really is that was part of my personality you know um but i got the idea to do this movie uh or to talk about this movie um from a, a tiktok i saw mm -hmm. um i had seen some some other stuff and we'll we'll repost it to our instagram actually i think it's on the the artist is on instagram but this dude did um like cgi animation to make it look hyper realistic based on how these turtles look not like the newer versions or make them look crazy like the uh the michael bay movies or anything like that and it look and it's so faithful to uh -huh. the style and it's incredibly badass and looks so cool um they he did one video over the summer or earlier in the summer and then he came out with another one like a couple weeks ago that i saw and like the music that he attached to it is the fighting music at the end, like with the shredder one-on-one -on -one battle. And <laughs> that move, that's the song is just so amazing. Like I watched this and I, I watched this on TikTok, and I had like a visceral reaction of just like, Oh my God, like a wave of nostalgia. And you'd be like, fuck it. That's it. I know Joe has never seen this movie and we're just going to wedge it into to September. And that's why we're going to do it. And that's why I mean, we're doing this. that, that is the thing that kind of, makes this movie successful and memorable in a way is like the the turtles themselves are so blessedly live action and so we've we've obviously talked at length in the past around like puppetry and like the pros and cons therein and how it can make something so much realer because you're actually filming something on the screen and these people are actually interacting with something that's very much present i I, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, I, I would love to see um, a, a version of this movie that has that same level of puppetry uh, and these same, like, suits that they're wearing with, like, maybe, like, CGI touch-ups um, mm -hmm. to have, like, a little bit, like, smoother, like, lip interactions and, like, eyeballs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I think but, that would look really cool. But that's still part of, like, the charm of this movie is that the, the level of effort and technological advancements that they made to mm -hmm. create... Even though the the lip syncing isn't quite there, but the the way that the faces are able to emote uh, and the voice acting is just impeccable. They uh, yeah, they so went cool. like fully off of the design of the comics. Like you can tell, like it, it looks like the comics brought to life. Right, and it's amazing. Um, one other thing on the director Steve Barron, he did a TV miniseries in 2012, and here's another good connection to the podcast. It was Treasure Island starring Eddie Izzard as Long John Silver. Oh, my God. What? I want to watch that now. Camp classic. It's so cool. It would be, it's got to be amazing. Eddie Izzard in it? Like, they would crush it. They now that you know the Treasure it. Island story, like, that, that is primed for you. Yeah, I can now just dig my, my teeth into it. So I'm going to have to find that. Hmm. Um, all right. So this movie had a budget of $13.5 million. Mm -hmm. Cleaned the fuck up at the box office. Two hundred. This movie made so much money so much uh, money. this was the highest grossing independent film up to that point <laughs> were you one of the kids seeing it at this time in i in was 1990? i was barely three okay so, so you're a little too young a little too young to see it but i do have and i still have it it's in the other room um it is the v the original vhs 
of this mm -hmm. movie. And I wore that clean slap out. I watched it so goddamn much. Mm -hmm. And so like I grew up watching that movie over and over and over. I watched the cartoons over and over and over and over and over. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's like my, my totem, my, my inception totem is this, yeah. this very real VHS tape. Yeah. Even, even having like not seen these movies, Ninja Turtles is something that was like ambipresent for me throughout like the nineties and two thousands. Like it's, it is such a part of culture that like these, these characters are, iconic in a way yeah. uh and even more so now that they stand for the different like archetypes like we were talking about that they stand for mm -hmm. um so you you not only have this group you have individuals within the group that can each have their own conflicts and like each one is now recognizable as you know the leader the big one the <laughs> the smart one the the zany yeah. one all that stuff yep and you know we'll we'll touch on like some of the the individual kind of um character arcs that they go through there are there are hints of it and had mm -hmm. this movie been a little bit longer or kind of toned down some other stuff and kind of focus more on the turtles growth there there were some really good bits in there that will that will come circle back around to um so just imagine like the year of happy meal cups that you could get off of this movie God. like so many ninja turtle plastic cups from mcdonald's as so collectibles many. so many like, uh, I think this, like, <laughs> after this movie came out, like, that's when the media marketing machine came out of just, like, we need Ninja Turtles everywhere. This is like, Happy Meal toothpaste. culture. Toothpaste. Yeah, oh, 100% Happy Meal culture, for sure. Yeah, so this movie stars Judith Hogue, Elias Kotias, and did you catch it? Did you catch a young Sam Rockwell? Oh, I have. Is that Sam Rockwell in all caps in the middle of my notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. A baby Sam Rockwell looking cool as fuck as yeah. like just a punker kid. Very He's like cool. punk punk leader number one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> with already with a goatee. He's like 18, but like with a rad goatee. <laughs> um so those were like the main human actors, uh, but of course had an incredible host of uh talent for voice and puppeteering, um, martial arts stunt performers, and facial assistants. So most notably, like you already called out, Corey Feldman is Donatello's voice. And <laughs> again, circling back to, back around to Jim Henson and Sesame Street and all that, Kevin Clash, if you remember, Kevin Clash is most notably uh, renowned for his portrayal and puppeteering of Elmo in Sesame Street. He was the uh -huh. voice and puppeteer, lead puppeteer of Splinter. The rats. Splinter, whose name I thought was Shredder for half of the movie until they said his name. Um, but that's cool. I thought the Splinter puppet, in a way, was the most effective. Like yeah. he, the emotion being portrayed out of this like gross-looking rat thing. Like I, I, I love Splinter at the end of this. He's and he's so like wet. The wetness. Oh, he's so like damp it's Do just it, like damp fur like and like mucus coming out yeah. of his eyeballs and it's so like and that's what makes it really convincing in his claws <laughs> and even all the turtles have sweat and stuff like that and that's what like really sells it for me it's just those little details um but yeah so all four actors who were the in suit turtles also appear as cameos so um in the movie so oh, wow. uh david foreman who you know was puppeteering bodying leonardo shows up mm -hmm. as a gang member one of the gang members of the foot uh michael sisti who did michelangelo was the pizza delivery guy at the beginning fine uh, leif 
uh, Leif Tilden, who did Donatello, uh, was a messenger of the foot, one of the messengers. And then Josh Pice, who did Raphael, uh, is the passenger in the back of the taxi. When, oh, like, when he's Raphael... like, you're going to LaGuardia, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the hell was that? Looked like a really big toitle in a trench coat. You're going to LaGuardia, right? So you're going to LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> it's so New York. I love it. Um, but that's super cool. Yeah. I thought that was really neat that, that they let them, of course, like you can't see their face, but, you know, give them a little bit of screen time. Super <laughs> cool stuff. Um, so I already touched on a little bit of the history of the comics. Uh, started in 1984 with wild success, black and white. In 1987, this is where I got my, my years mixed up. That's when they struck the license deal with Playmates Toys for uh -huh. the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. And uh, it was estimated about $1.1 billion in toys were sold between 1988 and 1992. Not a small number. Good time to be in the business. All right, yeah. Those toys were promoted alongside the 1987 cartoon, which came out first. So the comics in 84, cartoon in 87, live action movie in 1990. So this um, is like prime time for that exact cycle because you have this, you have stuff like Transformers, you have like G.I. Joe all doing that same like toy to cartoon to live action. Uh, to, let's make money all along the way and keep these kids happy. Let's make money, baby, with cheap plastic. You know, that's cheap that's plastic. Uh, Let them choke. <laughs> fuck them. It's another dollar. <laughs> uh, so the TV show or the cartoon. Yeah, the cartoon TV show ran from 1987 till 1996. The tone was shifted to more lighthearted silliness uh, mm -hmm. compared to the comics, which were grounded a little more dark. Uh, there's like blood and stabbing and actual using of the weapons versus just like silly, like slapstick kind of stuff, which they uh, experienced a little bit here and there. Okay, so here's, here's the main thing. Bringing it right back around to Jim Henson's Creature Shop. These mm -hmm. turtle costumes were developed by Jim Henson's Creature Shop and this I was, believe it. This was one of Jim Henson's very last projects he did before he died shortly after the premiere. So he got to see it. He got oh. to see it through, but he died shortly after. So this was the last thing he had his hands in. Um, he said these were the most advanced like puppets he had ever worked with. And you can see it. Um, the, the technical workings of like the face that they, that they were able to do, they were able to dial in so many unique movements and expressions and by use of like some kind of special rig um where a technician would be wearing a helmet to like capture the lip motion and then right. like, another guy with the remote control and then the obviously the the puppeteer wearing the thing crazy stuff so the head like there there is a human head in the head we're yeah. thinking right uh -huh. like he it's kind of wearing it over and then like yeah, and there's can... gears and stuff uh, at play there i think okay so like if you can imagine from my neck down i'm wearing a suit the, the turtle mm -hmm. suit and then like a vr headset think of like that that's like connected with like a bunch of wires and shit like out the back yeah and that's yeah. the turtle head and that's connected to so many gears and connections and people are doing that they were probably like thank god for this shell <laughs> yeah where we can, can hide, hide everything so yeah um, but yeah, so, uh, the movie borrowed a lot from the early comics, um, as well as the, the 1987 cartoon run. So there was like storylines from the comics and then obviously the color coding from the TV show and love of pizza and like quick quippy, uh, kind of stuff. You get some of that, like that Spider-Man so, vibes. Like, so many quips. <laughs> <laughs> it's so quippy. It's so good. But I love, I love every single one of them. Every line that they spout is a hilarious banger 
Um, the before, one, the one that I wrote down in 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 amazement was, and I thought insurance salesmen were pushy. <laughs> He, he screams that out like during a fight. How do you yeah. think of that? <laughs> They're just armed armed and ready with just like, <laughs> if someone punches me in the face, I'm going to say like something face related. You know, it's, it's They're like not even hurt. They're like these robotic things that are just keep, they keep on going until Raphael gets knocked out for a week. How, uh, how long was uh, he unconscious and like, experiencing brain damage? Like several days. Yeah, several oh days. God. He got the he's got his shit rocked. Um, before we progress any further, let's go ahead and do this trailer, and then we'll let you do the plot. What do you think about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just see. Ooh. Uh, side note: This is not the official trailer. The official trailer sucks. I watched it, and the voice acting is not is not the right voice acting. So I found a, a fan made trailer, and this one's better. Thank you, Justin. It rules so good. This movie's so insane. 
<laughs> it is bonkers. I decided while watching that video, uh, I want that tattoo. The scene where they kind of walk up and they're like, it's time to go back. And they're like in silhouette. Uh, at the farmhouse. At the farmhouse. It's so iconic and powerful. So cool. I it's very it. artfully done. Yeah. There. Okay. So I do, when we go back eventually and watch the second one and the third <laughs> one and the remakes and, and all this kind of stuff, you'll come to really love and appreciate this one because this one, this one is the Batman Begins to the other ones are Batman and Robin, uh, Batman Forever, Silly, uh, uh, Adam West, Silly Camp. So uh, the other ones are sillier and campier than this one, you're saying? A hundred percent. This one has dark, gritty, like interesting camera angles and cinematography. It's so great. Uh, Joe, I'm going to give you <laughs> 60 seconds on the clock. Oh, I don't know. Okay. And you are going to provide for me the plot to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Okay. Are you ready? Here you go. On your mark, let's right. go. Okay, April O'Neil is the only reporter in New York in the 90s. Um, she is investigating a crime syndicate made up of teenagers run by a older ninja, ninja named Shredder. Um, she runs afoul of them and is saved by four mutant ninja turtles who she becomes friends with. The turtles um, live in the sewers and are kind of adopted by a giant rat named Splinter. April teams up with the turtles and also a hockey-themed uh, guy named Casey. Um, Splinter gets captured by Shredder. They have some backstory, and so April, the Turtles, and Casey go and rescue him, and they convince Shredder's um, army of teenagers to uh, band against him, and then they have one final showdown with Shredder after uh, multiple fights with his ninja army, and uh, they eventually just defeat Shredder. Um, and then April uh, gets, a, gets a better job and kisses Casey. Um, and that is it. And they're on a farm for some reason for a while to heal. Well done. <laughs> you did it. One minute. Like you were <laughs> vamping at the end. Um, <laughs> it's a very simple, easy to understand plot. Yeah. It, Turtle, turtles are hanging out. It is. Their dad gets kidnapped and it's kind of like a reverse taken. And then they got to go <laughs> get him out. Even though they don't rescue him, he just shows up at the end. Yeah, like he uh, okay, I I did leave out the 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 little kids subplot where one of the kids kind of uh has a couple therapy sessions with Splinter while he is kidnapped and Ugh. um they they kind of bond over that and the kid eventually uh lets him go uh and then the people just don't stop them. Um they're they're totally cool with it. Um and then uh, yeah, he Shredder and Splinter have a showdown and Shredder. Oh, my God. Shredder falls off of a building into a garbage compactor and Casey like throws a quip and crushes him it's, like it's it's oops brutal. Yeah, like I, I remember and everyone like laughs it off and he's like slowly dying. Yeah, getting crushed to death like a soda can. You, can. Are you allowed to tell me if Shredder like actually died, or is I, he is he like the ongoing villain in the entire franchise? Is he their arch nemesis, or are there other? He's their arch villains? nemesis. He is their Joker, uh, essentially. Right? Okay, but they um, have like a rogues gallery of sort. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, and they get like weirder and weirder uh, as the you know uh, lore expands and all that kind of stuff. There's alternate dimensions that pop up 
uh, eventually. Oh, wow. It's crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I specifically remember that the the scene of like the hydraulic pump and it's like stained red with paint, but it like elicits like blood and you're just like, oh my God. It took me a second. And I was like, what am I watching here? Oh my God. I thought he just like fell into a dumpster. No, he fell into like a trash compactor. Yeah. And Casey's just like, just pass, like no big deal. Like I'm going to kill this guy. Like whoop. Casey's like, oopsie, bada bing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Seinfeld. <laughs> just hilarious stuff crazy um i wanted to get this out of the way because they're starting to look kind of gross um my cocktails i'll show uh-huh. you here in a second but uh let's mine's, do a little cheers yeah mine's melting let's do a cheers um this is what's left over um i'm I, i'm this is what i'm calling the uh the fighting fab four uh-huh. so this, this is the mix left over but i wish i could pan down but i have four shots of the green stuff but with like different colored things to represent each little um so this one i think is supposed to be red so this is Raphael. justin's taking four shots right now i mean it's hardly any any booze uh what's one, what's the red in it uh grenadine this one's uh purple so this is donatello what's the purple grenadine and blue curacao blue <laughs> red make purple baby uh, this one's orange. This one is Michelangelo. The orange is uh-huh. orange juice. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, and then one more uh, is the blue one, uh, Leonardo, and that's just blue curacao in there. Okay. Uh, so what that was was pineapple juice, rum, and melon liqueur to make it green, and then just like a little bit of color code uh, for all the. Oh, turtle. you're. Your little tummy's going to hurt later. Um, that was it's, impressive. Do you feel more powerful and unified as a family? I do. I feel like we can take anything on now with our respective weapons. And uh, this movie's about family. You know, this is the original uh, Fast and Furious. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you got <laughs> over there? What's your melting <laughs> beverage? Um, I have what I'm calling the totally radtastic ooze. I got to go for the ooze, obviously. We, 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 we both went in a similar direction. It is, it's essentially a lime daiquiri. It's lime daiquiri mix, rum, and ice blended Ooh. up. But uh, as you'll see, I, I sent you some pictures. There is an optional um, lighting component that you can add to it to kind of light <laughs> yeah. it from below uh, and give it kind of a radioactive glow. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. Each, those are each sold separately. You can check out our website. Um <laughs> And I would right. recommend having it with a pizza. I might have a, a little bit of a DiGiorno's later uh, to get into the spirit of things. So, you know, Joe, we're recording this on a Saturday, and Saturday is our grocery shopping day. Every uh-huh. Saturday, we have pizza. We're having pizza <gasps> dinner, baby. <laughs> What's your go-to pizza order? Where do you guys get pizza from? We get it from the grocery store. We go to Aldi. We go to the uh-huh. shout-out Aldi. Uh, the Germans know what they're doing there for, for the deep savings. But they got a great, like, deli pizza. It's seven fifty for a large and uh, it's amazing, and it's the mega meat. It's it's so good. Mm, uh, cowabunga! Cowabunga in my mouth. You know what I mean? Uh, cool. So well done again on the plot. Well done on your beverage. This pic- that picture that you did send me is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Ooh, my tummy feels warm. Uh, all right, yeah. so let's talk about this for a second from my perspective. What makes this movie a nostalgic classic? Um, so first and foremost, my connection with it, 
things that I mentioned already. This is some of my earliest memories as a human. They revolve around the turtles. Um, owning this movie on the VHS, wearing it the fuck out. There was a, a NES original video game that came out, I think, in 1989, just before this or just after this. I can't remember when it came out. But we had that, and I played mm-hmm. that. That game is notoriously very hard. There's an underwater swimming level that is fucking impossible. Is that the same as like the arcade game that I always see that's like the four of them on the street? <coughs> Different. This one okay. is uh, uh, like a platformer, uh, kind of like uh, Legend of Zelda, um, that kind of thing. Uh, but there is that, I remember the arcade game, Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. playing it a bunch <laughs> at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, yep. One of my first early, like that I remember, uh, Halloween costumes, and we'll share this on the Instagram. Ryan has pictures uh, <gasps> from when I was a wee lad uh, in a Ninja Turtle costume. That's uh, such a Halloween. great costume. It's because so you good. can like you can do it individually. You can do it with the group of the boys. Yeah. Um, who's going to be what color? This is like this is like Sex in the City for young boys. Like, <laughs> which which turtle are you? I'm the sexy one. What's the which one's the sexy one? They're all the sexy one. You know. Uh, I remember watching the 87 uh, cartoon uh, when it came on syndication a whole bunch. Action figures, I had a ton of those. Uh, there was one specifically. So I mentioned that there is a uh, like a dimensional, alternate dimension kind of uh, element through the story that comes up later. Um, uh-huh. There is this like super battle encampment by the one of the main uh, villains or whatever called the Technodrome. And it's this big round thing that opened up and it had multiple levels and i remember the kids that had those toys i don't think i had it um but it was like a highly coveted toy in the turtle verse that's uh, right as hell to, to play with uh and this this last note i almost got to see them perform live let me explain um this was at the height of their popularity in the early 90s they there was like a spin-off that briefly did a live tour uh, and I'll see if I can find videos. It is incredibly campy, really bad. Their makeup is awful. They're really <laughs> sparkly. Um, but I'm pretty sure what I was going to see was a cheap knockoff because it got rained out. And like what concert gets rained out? That's not in like a real place. But I remember being like five and being super bummed that I was going to go see Ninja Turtles perform and like play guitars and stuff. But um, it rained out. Okay. Hang, hang on. Hang on. Because when you said perform live, I'm picturing you know ninja action stuff i'm picturing even turtles on ice they're actually <laughs> playing instruments you're saying like are they a band in the this, comics or anything like that no 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 this was just like a pure spin off thing of just like them just like singing songs about like kicking shell and eating it pe- feels eating like time. they should be a band they totally could um there's like a whole van thing where they it's crazy um but yeah <laughs> i almost got to see them perform live and i vividly remember that uh, but it got rained out uh, turtles live see. Uh, one year at Dragon Con here in Atlanta, Ryan mm-hmm. and I went as April O'Neil and Casey Jones. There are pictures, and we will prove it on the Instagram. Ryan, yeah, had she, the... she's already posted those. Yeah, everyone go check. Oh, them that's out. right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the red wig, and I had the hockey mask and a hockey stick. It's amazing. You guys look really so, good. All right, and then the last little thing about my my full rounded out connection to this. Okay, so I mentioned the the alternate dimension thing. There's a villain from this alternate dimension called Dimension X. So cool, right? Uh, the The name is Krang. His <laughs> name is Krang. Um, and it's like, he's like a brain. He kind of looks like a meatwad, but with tentacles. 
And okay. um, he utilizes a mech suit, like in the stomach of this robotic mech suit, uh, to move around, kind of like a brain within a body. It looks really weird. It's it, but it's hilarious. Um, so when uh, Ryan uh, was pregnant with our daughter, um, <laughs> we didn't know what the gender was. We didn't want to know what the gender was. We didn't want to know what we were having. So we just called the kid Krang because it was just like a <laughs> a brain inside of her uh, inside of her stomach, which is hilarious. It's, it's driving Ryan around. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and uh, that's that's just our final kind of like connection to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe, and it's uh, it's amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, I am I am very glad you had these influences as a child, and you weren't some lame Captain Planet kid. Like this is much cooler. I did um, watch Captain Planet. I did a hundred percent watch Captain <laughs> Planet. Let's be let's be completely clear. I did, but uh, I did love this way more. And this was like a thing, like on the playground. Um, it was like who's going to be who, mm-hmm. you know? And it was always like the the pretentious preppy kid who wanted to be leonardo to be the leader Ooh, you know to like boss people around and you're like fuck that kid that kid sucks um who wanted to be leonardo you know i i would want to be uh michelangelo to play with the the nunchucks see so everyone wanted to be uh uh, michelangelo because he's the silly (gasps) one and he gets to you know wave around nunchucks justin's holding nunchucks right now for anyone who can't see are those real these are real yeah uh you hear that? They're real. Where, They're very real. Where do you get those, and do you use them regularly? So most people have like a baseball bat underneath their pillow or underneath their bed as like a home defense. I got those. That's um, is that your for real home defense? No, <laughs> we have a security system. You know, like what the fuck? <laughs> do you know what my home defense is? What? Jonathan, <laughs> we have a really, really good uh, rolling pin that like that's going to be my go to if anyone breaks into the house. But maybe I should get nunchucks. If you can get to the kitchen, you got to have something like in the room. It's like it's such a hefty thing, though. And I know I can swing it so hard. <laughs> that's amazing. Just Joe with a rolling pin. Just like get out of my house. That's my purse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. That's my purse. Uh, that is amazing. Um yeah, so uh, the silly kids wanted to be Michelangelo, who were just like, I just want to play. Uh, the tough kids who wanted to like do fighting wanted to be Raphael. He's uh, so scary. He he's the hothead, you know. Um, and almost really no, unfortunately, almost nobody really wanted to be uh, Donatello um, because he was kind of like the brains of the operation. Uh, he was kind of the tinkerer uh, of sorts. Uh, they didn't really explore that one or that trope in this one. Right, um, a little bit with Casey when they're kind of like fixing up the engine. Um, that's kind of his his wheelhouse, you know. He's yeah, he's kind of more of a wisecracker in this one. He's kind of just hanging out with Michelangelo the whole time. Um, Leonardo, at the very least, um, is more of the leader. He has more one on one scenes. I feel like Raphael gets the most screen time in this one. He seems to have like the most emotional connection to splinter and he's kind of on his own trying to break away from the turtles a little bit and go experience the outside world a little bit more definitely and that's and i'm I'm glad you brought that up so the the character arcs that they individually as turtles go through Mm -hmm. um not much between um uh, uh donatello and michelangelo they don't really go through too much and i do like that they paired them up because they are so hilarious together of just like oh Leo and Raph are getting into it again. Like you just want to go like fuck off in the kitchen. They're like, hell yeah. 
They just um, come in and start like singing and dancing. They have like whole dance routines choreographed. It's amazing. And they're just having a, they're just there for a good time, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, Raphael like is really like the emotional core of it. He's struggling with his anger. He's struggling with not being able to go up above the surface, which they kind of talked about. So it's kind of like Little Mermaid vibes, you mm -hmm. know, of that kind of thing. It's like, I want to be out there with the people. And Splinter's like, people won't understand you. They'll shun you. They won't, they don't want your help. That kind of thing. We need to be secret. And that's what the secret of the, the ninja is. We need to be in the shadows. That is our piece. And that's like his connection with Splinter. because Splinter is helping him through that anger. And then, of course, like Leonardo being sort of kind of the reluctant leader, he's trying to, and Raphael calling him out on that shit. Uh, Leonardo obviously is kind of like the, the teacher's pet. You know, they, um, one of the early scenes, Splinter's like, I think we need to meditate. <laughs> on on what happened tonight and, and leonardo's like oh hell yeah Let, yeah let's let's fucking meditate and everyone else is just like fuck this this is stupid um it's amazing yeah and uh, another way that Raphael kind of gets singled out i found was that like the other three turtles uh sound almost convincingly like teenagers or early 20 year olds while Raphael sounds like a 45 year old extra from the sopranos a little yeah, bit he does um and like they don't really try to hide it like this is this is a man <laughs> So we can we can uh, explain that, right? You see that he has he has his his uh, his fedora. He's got uh -huh. his trench coat. He goes out in the world a lot, so that's why yeah. he sounds a little different because he's, he's trying immersed. to like blend in a little bit more. He, he goes and sees movies. You know, he goes out and like roughs up ruffians on the street. So he gets a little more rough around the edges. He's he's got this pent up teenage anger. It makes sense. It's explained. Yeah. I was, when I think like, you never really focus on the teenager bit of Ninja Turtles just because they're turtles. But like, I was surprised to find one, they're all the same age. And two, they're 15. They're all supposed to be 15. Maybe they're turtles age to, yeah. differently. Differently, kind of like dogs. Maybe not like yeah. quite seven years, but like maybe like 1.25 or something like that. So maybe they're pushing 18, pushing 19. Mm -hmm. But, you know, teenagers love to skateboard. They love to crack wise and they love pizza. You know, yeah. that's that's what a teenager makes. You know what I mean? I mean, it it really does boil down to this at the end of the movie. They have some moments where it's like, are they trying to flirt with April and is April also trying to flirt with them? But that doesn't really come to anything because Casey comes in, is oh. very forceful with April. Um, and then they end up, uh, <coughs> excuse me, kissing at the end of the movie. Um even though he looks like he smells like ass so uh, bad he's, like he's wearing the same in his life like he's like that's... sleeping in the car yeah like so sweaty. this movie is incredibly sweaty it's very sweaty They're, the, like the rats sweaty the turtles are sweaty this is like gotham vibes like the the people are gross and disgusting like and like you talked talked about with um uh, little shop of horrors you know skid row is just one burrow over to new yeah. york where they are and it's not that far off it's just dirty grimy gritty and you love it but it smells like bo and cut onions and that's fine <laughs> um but yeah it's like, like... El elias uh Cotius is just so like on the edge of charming and douchebag uh -huh. that like you just love to see their interaction the sexual tension between he and uh april is just it's so palpable it's great. And the turtles just like play into it. It's so great. 
I, 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 I could maybe use a little bit more movie time to kind of build that out a little bit. It happens a little <laughs> fast for me, but to each his own, I guess. Um, they're they're fine, you know. They're I'm I'm glad they're together at the end. They they seem like they should be together, um, and they seem supportive of each other, and that's great. Yeah, but down Shredder. So in in talking about um, talking about the attraction <laughs> that the turtles have towards April O'Neil, where they're like, she's a babe. Um, it's just harmless kind of like teenage things. Teenage yeah, I don't kind of thing. It's almost like they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're, they're talking like, about. They're saying these things, but you can see when she, when they're like hanging out in her apartment or she's like caring for them at the farmhouse and that kind of stuff. Like that's, it's a little more, um, friendship, a little more maternal, that kind of thing that, that, that they get from her at that point. But, but prior to that, it's kind of like, oh, she's a, I'm going to kiss her from the TV and it's hilarious. So where they take a step too fucking far is in the 2014, I think, the very the first remake that they did with Michael Bay or from Michael the, Bay. The Megan Fox one. Yeah, uh, it is like full on, like super creepy red flag vibes. They're, they're, they, they're flirting. They toe the line um, unabashedly and it is uncomfortable. I mean, it it's in the title of the movie. You can't miss it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I let we need to talk about the farm for a second because let's talk about the farm. Let's go to the farm. I was so taken aback by where we ended up here because like we're in like grimy New York City. We're having like extended sequences of ninja fights every five minutes. They're kind of just like chugging forward. We're figuring out. Um, the secret of like why all these thefts are happening and what Shredder up to Splinter gets taken. And then we stop all of that to go spend what looks like two months on a farm somewhere. <laughs> um, and I, I, I understand from a story perspective why they do this. Like uh, Raphael gets hurt. He gets knocked unconscious. He's kind of in a coma at this point and they got to just like get out of town uh they they gotta escape their hideout has been breached right yeah. they go to both april's... of their hideouts both of their hideouts yeah they're, right. they're underground hideout and then april's place gets attacked and burned the fuck down april's entire building she's the only person who lives there gets burned down so <laughs> yeah. they go to it's april's family's old farm is that what we are led to believe it's just a throwaway line she's like you know i haven't been here in years kind of a thing so like you assume it's like a family owned farm house or whatever on the outskirts of the city probably near the Catskills in north yeah i was gonna New say York. like this is like this is fancy and so they're there and then like the not pre-established april narration starts to come into play and it's like she's writing little women or something like it's <laughs> it's insane she's like talking about each of the turtles and like what she thinks about them she skips over michelangelo entirely all of the turtles get a little blurb from her except for michelangelo i felt so bad and I she know. just goes straight to casey and she's like and then there's casey who i um, want to just do so bad and she's like painting them like it's titanic it's it's so jarring it's entertaining because i'm like what the hell is happening um like, it's a cool fucking drawing she's talented as hell you know yeah, yeah i i will give you this like it leads up to Raphael wakes up the turtles have to kind of come back together to figure out their plan for splinter which did leave lead to the emotional climax of the movie for me like i i truly was not expecting 
them to start meditating. They see Splinter in kind of like a force ghost vision type yeah. thing. Yeah, and then he like ends it and he's like, the most important thing is that I love you guys. And then he like disappears. I was like, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to feel this way about a giant rat. I know. Um, and if so, you go through everyone's, they pan around through all the turtles, like the motions of what's going he's on. He's crying. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, is it Michelangelo's crying? Uh, Michelangelo's Don- crying. Donatello is trying to comfort Michelangelo. They're pals, right? Mm-hmm. Raphael is like in amazement. He's like, I can't believe that happened. And yeah. Leonardo is like, holy shit, that actually happened. Like, it's amazing. I love that scene so much. That's why I love the I love the farm sequence so much for several reasons. It's and it's all the things you're pointing out. The the narration <laughs> from from April is so out of left field, but it's so neat. That like it takes them from scene to scene. You know um, what it is? You know what it's like? I'll give it this. It's like the Sarah Connor narration when they go to the yes. desert in Terminator 2. And she's 100%. like, should I marry the Terminator? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Am I attracted to this Terminator? I wonder what he, what his operations are like underneath. So um, I'll give it that. Like 1990 was a year for mid-road narrations coming out of nowhere. Definitely, right? And it's but it's it's not earned, but it's needed at that at that point to kind of like move it along a little bit. I love mm-hmm. the drawings that she does. I really love the sketch that she does of Leonardo just kind of just like waiting by the door and just watching Raphael just like where do we put him do we put him in a bed no he's she, a turtle put him in the tub <laughs> she sketches them like da Vinci's like Vitruvian sketches yes. and stuff there you go always be referencing always yeah dude Greek mythology Greek no uh Roman no no Italian Italian that's right they're famous Italian artists and artisans yeah. um and then you know, you, that's where you get like a lot of the bubbling up of the tension between Casey and April, and then you get the the Raph coming to, and the apology from Leonardo of just like, hey, what I said before, like about us not needing you, I didn't mm-hmm. mean that. And Raphael's like, dude, like, don't, like, I'm fine, it's fine. Can we fucking eat or something? Like, what are we doing here? They're brothers. Um, they're bros. They're just bros, dude. This is and brothers cinema. Could you imagine with your 16 other brothers going we'd all be this. crying i know it's amazing and then and we have two brothers but like yeah it's it's the same <laughs> it's the same and then yes the emotional climax of the um uh the fire the fire scene and the force ghost of it all like it's so far-fetched and out of out of place really but it fits with just like the just ninja meditation kind of thing it, it makes sense it's grown on me. I, I will accept it. And then uh, just the training sequence that they have just like out in the field is so cool. And then it leads up to that scene that I talked about where they walk up in silhouette and they're just like posed just so fucking cool. And they're like, it's time to go back. So, I mean, like it's probably been several days, at least less than a week because uh, uh, Casey Jones hasn't started to grow stubble yet. So they weren't out there that long. They just needed time to regroup, right? They're at the farmhouse and then they decide to to go back and they what do they do? They just kind of show up on a rooftop and fight Shredder. How do they how do they get to Shredder? They go back to their lair underground um, to kind of just like pick up the pieces and kind of pick up the trail the of kid, the kid, the kid. Danny. We haven't talked about the little rat face kid this entire time. Danny, or it's just Dan now. <laughs> it's just Dan. I'm grown dad. Dan. All right. <laughs> you know, hilarious. Um, 
they yeah, April's so they... boss's son is part of the kid gang. And <laughs> the relationship, had... <laughs> the the boss to subordinate relationship is blurred at best, <laughs> and it is he's un- just like strolling into her house with his kid whenever he needs to talk to her. Yeah, it's like, don't you need to work or like yeah. what is going on here? Um, crazy stuff. And yeah, so yeah, they go back there and they just they stumble upon Danny there but then the rest of the foot comes in and they're they're trying to chase them out and then it just like ends to the climax and that's why they're like they didn't know who shredder was that's mm-hmm. when they end up on the rooftop they're like who the fuck is this guy and then like let's just kick his ass sea bass you know like they do they do kind of make fun of his name i think i think one of the limitations of the puppetry in this movie and because it's just the 90s is the the fight scenes do seem a little claustrophobic i would have loved to have had more space, um, I guess space smoother move. It always feels like they're fighting in a five by five box, you know, like I, I want them to be like doing skateboards off of the wall and stuff in a big thing. Like I, I, I want them to be on skateboards more uh, so, honestly. Like I want, I want it to be outside. I want to be able to see them. I want them to be doing cool ninja shit instead of, um, like they, just cool ninja shit. <laughs> they they are. Um, I just uh, so you got to come back to the the practicality of it that these are right. dudes in heavy, bulky suits, and that's why like when you see them skateboard fighting like through the tunnels, it's like mm-hmm. shots of like their feet to show like all right they're skateboarding, and then we're gonna do a wide pan shot of just generic skateboarding and like swinging a thing to like hit somebody. So like it yeah. can't be as dynamic and claustrophobic. I'm glad you brought that up. So like, like uh, 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 jujitsu, kung fu, all that kind of stuff, like is all about close proximity fighting. Um, and that's where I think like this succeeds. It's not, you know, wide expanse, just like a mess of characters just swinging fists and stuff. You want to see some of the close ups of the spin kicks. Mm-hmm. of the roundhouses of the punches and stuff like that and it's supposed to feel claustrophobic and i think that that plays into just the fighting style because it is supposed to be close quarters and i think i think it's to the movie's credit that the fighting the fighting moments shine most for me when they're doing things that are like specific to like turtle physiology like <laughs> he like spins around on his shell or he like dodges by like putting his head down into his shell love that and shot. then he just like screams out i love being a turtle um, it's so good that's that's where it's more successful to me i just i just wanted i wanted more I, I i want more of it all you know what i just had this hilarious thought in my head i would love to see the reaction of like a new recruit to the foot clan who has like, what are we fighting? We're going to go fight like ninja. Tur- okay. All right. Whatever. I don't know what that means. And they show up to the fight and they're just like, ah! <laughs> what am I fighting here? This is horrifying. Green devils. This is terrifying. Uh, hilarious stuff. You know, mm. um, I want to talk about some iconic scenes and lines that, that pop out to me. And then we'll round off here with the end game. Uh, and final thoughts. Uh, we already talked about the, what the heck was that? Looks sort of like a big toitle in a trench coat. <laughs> you going to LaGuardia? <laughs> it's so good. Um, I always knew this quote in the back of my my lizard brain, but I didn't know what it meant until like very recently, probably on this most recent rewatch. It's like, you like penicillin with your pizza? 
Oh my god! And I was I like, wrote oh, that I down. Get it? I get it now. I, I don't know get what it. Penicil- so it had mold on it. Mold. That's where penicillin comes from. Penicillin comes from mold. Um, it it oh. was an old it was an old moldy pizza. I and didn't so, I didn't connect that the pizza was moldy. Danny was like, I've been ha- down here for a couple days. I ordered some pizza a few days ago. It's probably still here. And they're like, oh, yes, let's go find it. And then it had molded all over already. Penicillin. I'd I never didn't got catch that. it. That's, but I, that that goes so many levels deep. I wrote down what on earth is the penicillin on the pizza bit. That's where penicillin comes from, baby. I'm glad. Uh, you already talked about the I love being a turtle. So cool. Cowabunga. I made a funny from mm-hmm. Splinter at the very end. Great. Uh, the final rooftop fight scene where they're kind of like taking turns uh, fighting against uh, Shredder is so cool. Um, you get some of their ideas, the ideals of like their fighting style. Mm-hmm. Um, Raphael kind of like dives at him because he's just kind of like a hothead. He doesn't think before he acts. Mm-hmm. Um, Donatello's kind of going up at him with his staff to try and be like strategic with it. Not happening. Uh, Michelangelo's just kind of going and swinging and Leonardo's really trying to is the only one who's really trying to like fight fight him but is still bested by the shredder yeah it's the dumbest way to fight him they should have like combined why did they go one at a time this is just I I, 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 I truly appreciate the fighting style though yes they're kids they don't get it Um, the, the, the rooftop scene is amazing the opening scene where like you just get like just the barely hint um, of Raphael kind of like spying on April mm-hmm. and you kind of just barely see the eyes through the flashes of the police lights um, is so cool because you're like oh that's a thing I'm seeing a thing in yeah. the and it's not like CGI it's not a you know a fake thing like it's real and it's that's the moment that it grounds you of just like oh these are real turtles super it is cool it's it's very Batman it's very ET um, like you don't really see the 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 superhero, well, not E.T., but like you don't see the character at first. They kind of keep it secret and they focus on more of like the human characters to like build up the reveal a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, you know, I kind of would have liked to maybe see an alternate reality version of this movie where it did center around a little bit more of the story arc of the turtles coming into their own, what it means to be without Splinter, um, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of get why they did it of April being the centerpiece because she's the human right and that's yeah. that's the connection piece and um you know everyone can kind of tap into their own kind of built-in anger or whatever and that's why Raphael is kind of the main one who goes through an arc a little bit um mm-hmm. but otherwise i i think this movie is um i think this movie is damn near flawless uh the the shots the lighting the acting <laughs> is off the charts. I, I I appreciate so much about this. <laughs> I don't look through this movie with with nostalgic glasses. I still do. Like I have, I remember lines and stuff like that. I remember scenes and all that. But like looking at it with a, you know, thirty. Am I thirty six? I'm thirty six. With a thirty six year old eye to it, and just be like, oh, that took some time. Or like, oh, I see what they're doing here. That's really neat. That's cool visual st- storytelling. There is know. there is craft at play here. Yeah, and that's why I really appreciate this compared to the other parts uh, uh, of this series that show yeah. up later in life. Um, I mean, John, the, the, the newer ones definitely look like sludge people, and then uh, I am excited to see the animated version, though. Uh, I am too, um, especially with the ratings that uh, Mutant Mayhem is getting. 
Um, Joe, I want some of your final thoughts. What are your What are your Jerry's final thoughts here on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990? I do have a couple bullet points I want to cover. Um, the Splinter backstory is insane. It's shot like a crazy music video. Uh, all of the flashbacks in this movie are like bathed in shadow and like spotlights on characters, which is awesome. Uh, which I kind of love. Um, the splinter backstory essentially boiling down to a man wanting his girlfriend to come with him and his rat to America. Um, dark classic dark. romance love story. Classic, um, but like dark as shit. <laughs> so, the rat being in a cage and also learning ninjutsu. Uh, he, he keeps saying like the art of ninja. Like, is that an actual fighting style? I don't think so. So I took karate when I right. was like six for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think <laughs> uh, ninjutsu never came up. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's, it's, it's mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll let it pass. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I, I do want to circle back to like, what is Shredder's um, deal? <laughs> Like what is what is Shredder's? What are the metrics that Shredder looks at to determine success and let his shareholders know that he's doing all right? What what are we doing here? <laughs> so he's besides kind of besides, I will add, providing a kind of safe and well structured after school program for these kids. <laughs> so he's doing kind of the Joker, chaos agent type of thing. Okay. Where do you really strike the heart of the city that you're? trying to take over or whatever you know you go after the youth the moldable um you know uh uh the 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 youth who can kind of are, are already shunned by their parents as demonstrated by danny's dad mm -hmm. you know um they're very impressionable that kind of stuff so he goes after the youth to build his foot clan of fighters of thieves to you know rob and kind of like keep the police busy you know kind of a thing like i they didn't go super deep into like the machinations of like what the foot clan is or what the uh the main driving forces behind shredder is um it's, it's just generic just like fuckery you know it's such an 80s and 90s thing for like these filmmakers not understanding what these latchkey kids do all day. So like they must be underground doing ninja shit like that's that's what they do. And they're like, absolutely. That's a 100 percent where we're going to focus on They're Of course, they're doing ninja shit underground. <laughs> they're on like a little Pinocchio Pleasure Island thing, which looks um, amazing, like smoking indoor cigars, smoking cigarettes, regular or menthol. Playing poker, <laughs> staying up all hours of the night, like joining the Foot Clan, like looks really attractive. You I kind of want to join the Foot Clan. I kind of want to join the Foot Clan. Do I need to learn to fight? Like, nope. You can just hang out, but you got to steal some shit. So I'm like, oh, I can steal shit. That's cool. I feel like it's a group that rewards hard work and leadership. Like you could, you could, you could ask for less. You know, absolutely. Uh, the the Foot Clan running for state senate. You know. I'm Shredder. I want you to vote for me kind of a thing. Um, yeah, Shredder's just a chaos agent of just like, I just want to fuck with the city. Sure. <clears throat> they didn't They didn't really kind of dive too much into that, but he's just like, I'm going after the youth and I'm going to fuck with the police and just steal. I'm just going to steal. I want to steal. You know? I, want to, I want to steal electronics specifically. Electronic, because those were high dollar back in the early 90s. You got to yeah. keep in mind the economic structure of the time. 
Steal and sell. Steal and resell. You know, yes. the resell market. This was before eBay. This was before the internet. Uh, he had he was a big vision, you know. Shredder predicted the dot-com boom. He could see that, so he was making movies. He was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers. Building up inventory. I got it. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Um, final bits here, Joe. What what was your what do you think now that you've in in uh, enjoyed and in taken in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I I think that this falls in line pretty well with a lot of the movies that we've covered in the past in terms of like definitely like the puppetry aspect and um I am glad I'm experiencing the turtles relatively close to the start so I can yeah. you know watch some of the later uh entries and see how the the story the character the archetypes here have grown right yeah um but I think this this movie continues to show the benefit of like live action analog uh like um uh production value that you can touch as opposed to straight up cgi 100 percent, 100 percent. i'm i'm i back you 100 percent on that because there's just something so well lived in to this mm -hmm. um the character design of the turtle specifically is so um not off-putting it's a little off-putting because you're like it's like a five foot six foot turtle kind of a thing but the way that their faces are molded and crafted and the way that they can emote is so disarming in a way that mm -hmm. you just immediately kind of forget that like I'm watching like a puppet kind of thing. It's like, no, these are real creatures. Splinter is a real wet rat and he's there and he has feelings and emotions and they're going just through something. Soaking wet. So fucking soaking wet rat, dude. It is stank up in there. Um, I'm so glad I got to share this with you. Like I said, I was so just over the top hype to share this movie <laughs> because of what I saw on TikTok. Um, shout out TikTok. Uh, because, uh, or whoever the artist is, I'll we'll obviously give them credit on Instagram, but like for doing that work um, that just ingrained in me, just bubbled up something that uh, I, I haven't paid attention to in a long time. And I'm very appreciative of it. Keeping um, the culture alive. Absolutely. There is one other piece I meant to, to, to bring up and we'll share this on Instagram and I couldn't find the video enough in time to, to bring it up here. So at the very beginning of the VHS tape, and I'm sure some of the fans who, who grew up watching this movie too, there was a partner piece at the very beginning, like a commercial or whatever from uh, pizza hut. Oh, hell and, yeah. and it was, and it's, um, it's a weird like two minute commercial of like this crazy song, uh, like kids playing baseball. It's got big Sandlot vibes, um, but it it just like elicits uh, uh, like such a nostalgic response just thinking of it. Um, I saw it, you know, on, on uh, like nostalgia TikTok or the, those were the 90s. Those are the days or whatever. And it just <laughs> everyone loves this thing. So we'll, sh we'll share that again. Um, but little known fact. So that at the beginning of the VHS tape, which sold like gangbusters pizza hut at the beginning, the in movie pizza is Domino's big miss, oh, big swing and a miss by Domino's. So much Domino's in this movie. I was like, they had Domino's in the nineties. Yeah. Big swing um, and a miss. Yeah. And that's before their pizza was good. You know, they, they were shitty pizza. Uh, anyway, Joe, we did it. That was teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Let's uh, find our way to the end games. I hope you are ready. For I, this. I've never been readier. 
So if you'll notice, Joe, that was the exact same fucking song from the intro that I threw in to the tune of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. Um, Joe, this is uh, 90s ninja shows and movies. As described in the song, There, the, the, the early 90s specifically, the early to the mid 90s were replete with uh, uh, ninja, yep. kung fu, karate, movies and television, cinema all over the place. So I'm going to describe for you a very real TV show or movie that came out in the 90s that gives heavy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes. You know, teenagers uh -huh. doing karate, fighting crime, kung fu, whatever. And uh, it's going to be multiple choice. And uh, there are 10 questions. And uh, we'll just go from there. Are you ready? So I'm giving you a movie name. That's the answer. Yes. Yeah, so I will give you a description of what it is. And I'll give you uh, four choices. And you pick one. Yeah, I'm going to get a perfect score on this. You better. Set in Angel Grove Anywhere, USA, this property follows a group of five teens who, after being chosen by a wise old sage and his robotic assistant, are granted the ability to transform into a superhuman fighting force. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Crime Fighting Turbo Rats, or Radioactive Karate Teenagers. <laughs> This is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but I Correct. wish it was the Turbo Rats. <laughs> Cry fighting Turbo Rats. It's amazing. Uh, question two. Set in Charterville, anywhere USA, this property follows a group of three teens who, after stumbling upon a haunted mansion and bumping into an organ releasing a phasm who grants them their wish, they are granted the ability to turn into their comic book heroes. Is it Big Bad Beetleborgs, Mean Green Locust Swarm, Big Bad Battlebots, or Temper Tantrum Tidal Wave? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, I've never heard of this. Big Bad Battlebots. Ah, it's Beetleborgs. Big Beetleborgs. Bad Beetleborgs. What is that? Is that a movie? That was a TV show, a kid's TV show uh, from the 90s. Uh, mm. Very silly, very ridiculous, uh, over the top. <clears throat> wow. Set in Little Tokyo... This property follows the antics of three cyborg fighters who are enlisted by a guard commander to take down the corrupt prime minister and his goons. Is this karate pasta kittens, jujitsu jelly jaguars, samurai pizza cats, or kung fu panda? <laughs> what was the second one again? Jujitsu jelly jaguars. I guess it's Samurai Pizza Cats. That's correct. Oh my God, these sound completely made up. I've They're very them. real. Uh, okay, question four. Set in Earth Realm, this property follows a group of fighters who are chosen to compete in a tournament against Outworld, a dark realm who wants to take over the Earth Realm. Is it Street Fighter? Is it Mortal Kombat? Is it Tekken? Or is it Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> Um, oh, shit. Oh. can you give me the the um the description again set in earth realm 
This property follows a group of fighters who are chosen to compete in a tournament against Outworld, a dark realm who wants to take over the Earth realm. Okay, I think this is Mortal Kombat. That is correct. It is Mortal Kombat. All right, question five. We're halfway there. This property follows a young boy who stumbles into another world called Tau, where, uh, where he encounters a host of colorful characters, namely a group of five anthropomorphic non-human warriors who represent the elements of the Tau world. Is this Warriors of Virtue, Samurai of the Rising Sun, Fighters for Wisdom, or Battle of the Virtuous? Jesus. Um... I will say warriors for virtue. Warriors of virtue. That is correct. They okay. were anthropomorphic kangaroos doing karate. It's terrifying. Where are you finding this? I remember that movie. I, did, I don't think I saw it. Maybe I did. I don't know. <clears throat> Question six. This property follows two teens who find out they are crown princes of a far off Asian kingdom and their adventures to dethrone an evil colonel who currently rules the kingdom. There was also a large tie-in with the Sega Game Gear handheld video game console. Is it Skateboard Ninjas, BMX Ninjas, Surf Ninjas, or Hippie Ninjas? Oh, God. Um, given it's the 90s, I would say Skateboard Ninjas. Eh, wrong. It is the Surf Ninjas. The Surf Ninjas. Yes. Rob Schneider's they... in it. Oh, God. Do they surf? They surf and fight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Question seven. This property follows three young brothers who learn martial arts from their Japanese grandfather and use their newly harnessed skills to defeat a criminal mastermind. Is it We Three Ninjas, The Ninjas Three, Teen Ninjas, or Three Ninjas? This this one I do know, and I appreciate the effort to do multiple choice. Three Ninjas. Hell yeah, that movie fucking (laughs) ruled. Movie rules. Uh, question eight. This property revol- revolves around a white orphan boy who was found by a clan of ninjas as an infant in an abandoned treasure chest and is raised by them. He later comes back home to investigate a murder mystery. Is this Los Angeles Ninja, Beverly Hills Ninja, San Andreas Ninja, or New York Ninja? We really did like discover Asia for the first time in the 90s. We um, did. <laughs> I'm going to say Beverly Hills Ninja because there was a Beverly Hills everything. Correct. That is the the last Chris Farley movie that he ever did. Aw. Yeah. Uh, Question nine. This property centers on two skilled martial art experts who go out to fight against other fighters held on the streets in five countries and must also face off against two undisputed Muay Thai fighters from Thailand to become the world champions. Is it Street Brawlers? Is it Mortal Kombat? Is it Tekken? Or is it Street Fighter? I think it's Street Fighter. Correct. Well done. <laughs> Way to lean into your instincts there. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Question 10. Last one, Joe. You're doing pretty good so far. You've missed two. Okay. Okay. Out of nine. Well done. Uh, set in New York City, this property follows four brothers who are trained in the fight, traditional fighting style from their sensei, who uh, fight crime in the street with whimsy, snappy one-liners, and unique traditional sam- samurai war- weapons. Is this Biker Mice from Mars, Ooze Fighters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or Young Adult Karate Tortoises? 
Young adult karate tortoises as it's known in Canada. Uh, For the win. Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Locking Damn it right. in. Damn right. You got it. 80% Joe. Well done. Not bad, B. Not at I'll all. I'll take it. I know, right? The 90s were in a wild time. Like you said, we were discovering Asia and ninja culture for the first time, and we were just like piling it on. And baby, that shit sold. It did, like gangbusters. I watched almost all of those because I just loved it so much. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try my hand at karate. And uh, being like a chubby seven-year-old, I couldn't cut it. (laughs) I had to quit after three weeks. Couldn't do the high kicks. Couldn't do it. My body physically would not allow me to do it. So I that's gave okay. up. I gave up. That's okay. But I got. I had the white belt. So it's that's... it's like more anti-establishment of you to not do karate. Ultimately, it's the ultimate Ninja Turtle thing to do is to quit karate while you're ahead. Yeah, a hundred percent, Joe. That was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, what did you think? Was was this was this a good like marker for our one year anniversary of this podcast? I think. Um... Any movie where you have such a passionate uh, memory of it is a good movie to have on this podcast. And I'm really glad we got to expose your love of this movie and talk through it. And I'm glad I'm finally like getting a foot in the door of of Turtle Kingdom. Like I, I seriously have not consumed Ninja Turtles before this. I've always been kind of on the outside. Yeah, I mean, like you just missed the boat being born in 1994 um mm-hmm. that's like right as the 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 wave was starting to crash down a little bit um so so you just missed missed it otherwise you would have been immersed in it too you know yeah um although i'm not sure what a what a catholic household thinks of crime fighting teenagers in the streets of new york oh they would have been fine <laughs> they're in the bible <laughs> fighting fighting demons yeah i love it um so joe next week or not next week, but the next episode, I guess, of this wild card series uh, is your pick. What are we? What are we doing next time? Yeah. So I was uh, taking a look, see at my list of movies that Justin uh, hasn't seen, and we noticed that the only Studio Ghibli movie that you have seen is Spirited Away. Correct. 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 And so in time for all of the Miyazaki talk these days, as he releases his latest uh, uh, quote unquote masterpiece, as it's being called, um, I'd like for us to take a look at uh, a movie that I didn't necessarily love at first, but has really grown on me since. And I really want to talk through it. It is Howl's Moving Castle. We're going to have much to talk about. Much to discuss. I can't wait. It is a visual landscape of of imagery and story i can't wait we do so few animated features i know uh, i'm really excited on this one but they are all yours (laughs) so um i'm really excited to do that because um the only other uh uh uh, miyazaki uh you know studio ghibli piece that i'm familiar with uh barely is uh kiki's delivery service Mm -hmm. and uh my neighbor uh tutoro Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen any one of those other than just Spirited Away, which of course just blew my mind when I when I saw it. So, you know, early thirty something. Um, so I'm excited to just to, to see this one because uh, I know literally nothing about it. Is there a yeah. castle? And does it howl? Who's howl? And keep why do they? Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. So uh, keep an ear out for that one. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be sharing. Um, you know, myself as a 
as a young child dressed as Donatello um, uh, and, and other things from Dragon Con and Krang pictures and super cool cocktail shots that we got. This shot that Joe got is fucking amazing. I uh, can't wait for everyone to see. And then uh, just, just more stuff as we build up uh, throughout this second year of the Uncultured Cinematic Universe podcast. Very cool stuff. Very excited. All right, y'all. Well, uh, we'll stay on the lookout for, for, for new updates. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, wherever you get your, your pods that are casted. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Grab some pizza. Cowabunga.